Good morning, Knox Presbyterian Church. Uh, so good to be with you. It's, it's an honor to be with you and to help out a little bit with uh, preaching support while you search for a new senior pastor. Uh, want, we want you to know that at Free Church, we're praying for you. We prayed for you just this past Sunday uh, during our prayers of the people. Uh, and, I, and I also want to let you know that I actually attended Knox for, for a little bit uh, while I was on my sabbatical during the summer of 2019. And I pretty much came late and left early as I was really working on uh, trying to be in, invisible, really, uh, during that season of rest. But I really found worshiping with you uh, to be a source of life and encouragement. Uh, Nick reached out to us uh, to ask us to help with some preaching support uh, to preach a sermon that would fit into your current series on good news for the whole world. Uh, and that's an easy choice for, for, for me to hone in on a, a particular um, population of the whole world uh, being uh, Mother's Day Sunday. And I want to talk to you today about good news for women. Uh, and I, I want you to think about this question. Uh, you, can, you can meditate it on, on a bit uh, later on uh, when you have a few moments after the sermon. Um, to think about who were some of the more spiritually influential women in your life. Someone uh, who comes to my mind is my grade six Sunday school teacher. Her name uh, was Donna Ball. She comes to mind for a couple reasons. One, um, uh, she would come every week and had to had enough courage to step into a Sunday school class full of pre-adolescent boys. Uh, that, that took a huge amount of courage. Uh, she taught. She taught with uh, creativity and passion and joy. And uh, one thing I remember about Donna is I always remember her hands. Her hands. Uh, she would use her hands as an expression of her her enthusiasm and her love for Christ. Uh, but her hands were also marked by pain. Her knuckles were swollen. Her fingers were bent. Uh, she had severe form of arthritis. And sometimes she, uh, she would actually have to use a cane to actually get around. Um, and I remember that because she was just only in her late 30s uh, at that time. And uh, I think that's probably what I, what I remember about her most was despite her physical pain and her limitations, she showed up week in and week out to teach a Sunday school uh, bunch of hoodlums uh, that we were. And she modeled and taught uh, with such passion, and she modeled with such courage and joy. Uh, she really taught me what it, what, it, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, some of us may recall and think about a, a woman it, on today, today being Mother's, uh, Mother's Day, you may be thinking about your mom. Uh, maybe she was really formative and influential in your own spiritual development. The late Eugene Peterson actually talks affectionately about his mother. Uh, Eugene Peterson, the, the late Eugene Peterson, was the, is the author of The Message. And um, he really, uh, in one of his books, describes his, uh, his mother's passion for Jesus and her, and her leadership in the church. Peterson grew up actually watching her mother preach sermons uh, she actually founded and pastored a church on her own. And uh, at the age of three or four, Peterson would accompany his mother on her visits um, to a nearby mining and logging settlements. And Eugene would go with her and uh, 
she would all invite these uh, these rugged miners uh, to uh, in their overalls and and plaid into into a meeting space, and there she would lead them in in gospel songs with her accordion, and men would actually weep. And some would actually just spit tobacco while she while she uh, played songs in her recording, and then she would preach, and she would conclude her services by praying for these men. After a few years of preaching, however, his mother abruptly stopped after some religious friends pointed out Bible passages that said women were not supposed to speak or preach or teach in church, and she didn't want to go against what Scripture taught, so she stopped preaching. But then, a few years later, she returned to the pulpit. As a teenager, Eugene asked her why. You know, why, why did you go back to preaching? And her response, response was, I found a better way to read scripture. Eugene Peterson experienced the good news of, for the whole world uh, from this one woman. And he went on to share it with the whole world because of the good news for women experienced by his mother. Now, not every woman will preach or lead in the church. There are other kinds of amazing vocational um, callings that that women will pursue. But the good news uh, that Jesus proclaimed and lived out for the whole world blew wide open opportunities for women to step into roles of leadership and teaching in the church. And this is good news. This good news of Jesus comes uh, into an entrenched patriarchal system of his day. I mean, there are all kinds of limits on women in first century Palestine. In the ancient world, which Jesus lived, a woman's highest calling was to bear children, and especially male children. Archaeologists actually have found that in the ancient Greek city of Sparta, the only women who got their names on tombstones were women who died at childbirth. I mean, the patriarchal system of the day was so intense and so oppressive. Women in Jesus' day had so many limits on their lives and were actually stuck in roles that wouldn't allow them to put into practice uh, what God was asking them and calling them to do. But Jesus and the good news that he proclaimed pushed those limits. And the Holy Spirit is still pushing those limits and breaking apart that powerful patriarchal system in our day, which still has a firm grip, unfortunately, in certain parts of the church church all over the world. So we boldly proclaim the good news for women today. Today we're going to look at the good news of the kingdom for women in Luke's gospel. And Luke talks about the gospel, he talks about it, in the, oftentimes in the context of the kingdom. And that's important for us to understand because uh, the kingdom of God blows wide open uh, the gospel to include systems. The gospel of the kingdom uh, actually takes us beyond just a mere personal benefit of a, of a per, for our personal spiritual lives. And the gospel of the kingdom actually begins to impact the systems that can actually oppress the whole world, and certain parts and populations of the whole world, uh, certain races, and certainly certain genders, uh, women, of, of uh, that, that being true for, through the centuries. Luke tells us in his gospel that Jesus traveled about from town, from one town to, to another, to another village, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. 
And he says, he describes that what that looked like. He said the 12 were with him, but also some women. Mary called Magdalene, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many other women. Now, this was a completely different system of community that would have been shocking to the ancient world. Women did not travel with men. Respectable, urban, unmarried women were expected to remain at home and out of sight. But Jesus proclaimed a different system, the the good news of the kingdom, of the kingdom of God, where men and women disciples traveled together, not always, but at least on some occasions, we would travel together. They learned together. They did ministry together. And notice it was the women, not the men, who were actually paying the bills for this new emerging messianic movement. Uh, Luke describes that. Now, this systemic transformation of the patriarchal system of the day through the good news of the kingdom is illustrated in a very familiar story in Luke's gospel. In chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, let me read it to you. Uh, Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha uh, opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he had that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Now, if you've grown up in the church, You've probably heard or read this story before, and then you may have heard a sermon on how it's it's important for us to learn to sit and be with Jesus, and that we need to be careful not to be too busy working for Jesus, and we should learn to slow down our lives and be more contemplative. Absolutely. That's an important message to consider in this text, uh, but I don't think it's the main point of this story. No one in the first century would have heard or read this story that way. Frank Viola has written a book entitled God's Favorite Place on Earth. And he suggests that Jesus' favorite place on earth was the village of Bethany, because that's where some of his closest friends lived, including the three siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Viola actually retells the story of Martha and Mary through the eyes of her brother Lazarus, who may very well have been there in that home during the dialogue that went, that went on. And here's how Viola describes what Lazarus saw, imagining that this is Lazarus speaking. My father and I took our place at the teacher's feet along with his disciples. And Jesus began teaching about the kingdom of God and how to pray. Mary caught my eye. She was roaming in the courtyard, peeking into the room, stirring a bowl. Suddenly, she left the courtyard and sat at the teacher's feet with the rest of us. My jaw dropped. Even though I've known Mary to be a person who follows her heart, I never dreamed she would be so bold as to take a place with the men. I scanned the faces of the disciples. No one batted an eye. 
My father and I quietly looked at one another in surprise. Every other teacher would have scolded Mary severely for taking the posture of a disciple and sitting in the public room where only men were permitted. But Mary was an instinctive soul. Somehow she knew that Jesus would permit her to sit at his feet with the others, and even though it was considered a scandal. Just ending a sentence, Jesus looked at Mary faintly, smiled, and carried on his teaching. In reverent and rapt contemplation, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus with the rest of us. She was attentive and attuned. Did her heart soar at hearing his words as mine did? We both took in every word and gesture, gaining the courage to pull a little bit closer. I could, hearing, I could hear the banging of pots in the courtyard. The sound grew louder by the second. I sensed that Martha was upset, and I was right. She stormed into the room with her arms folded. Her voice echoed off the rafters. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to, to help me. Mary, who'd been listening to Jesus in sacred worship and silent wonder, dropped her head. She did not utter a word. The disciples froze. Jesus turned to Martha and gently but sternly said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details. There's only one thing you need, and Mary has made the choice. She has chosen the one thing, and it will not be taken from her. Mary had breached a barrier by sitting in the men's space. On top of that, she sat in the posture of a disciple. Every teacher before or since had only male disciples. Jesus was the uncommon exception. He welcomed to them to be disciples too. You see, the good news of the kingdom that Lazarus is imagining, or we're imagining Lazarus retell, that good news of the kingdom was the beginning of of a dismantling, as we can see in the story, a dismantling of the systems of patriarchy. Gender barriers were coming down. Leadership barriers were coming down for women. Because when you're invited to sit at the feet of a rabbi, it meant that you were learning not just to be a disciple, but actually learning to become a rabbi yourself, a leader, a teacher in the Jewish community. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is best. Of course, this is good news for women. But it's an invitation for us all to move beyond being on the peripheral with Jesus, to being close to him, to being his disciple, learning to listen to him, to, to hear his calling on our own lives, to become like him in whatever vocation God calls you into. Martha did a very beautiful thing by inviting Jesus into her home. She's in the general vicinity of Jesus, but she can get closer. And Mary does get closer, and she steps into the good news of the kingdom for women. Now, what keeps us all from taking our place at the feet of Jesus? Doubt, fear, ego, busyness. Or maybe it's the cultural norms that say 
women don't do this and men don't do this and thinking people don't this and all the boxes we put people in. So what is your next step to kind of break out uh, and experience Jesus and his calling on your life, man or woman? I I love to think about this story of Martha and Mary uh, as it relates to the Sunday school class that I was a part of uh, in grade six, sitting at the feet of a woman, learning what it means to follow Jesus from Donna Ball, learning to become like her as she was learning to follow Jesus. Yeah, I've recently come into my own health challenges, and I'm so grateful for the faithful leadership of my grade six Sunday school teacher to show me how to courageously courageously to serve and follow Jesus despite physical challenges. Maybe you can think of a woman leader in the church. Um, maybe, Maybe you've never met her, but her life and her leadership have inspired you to follow Jesus and, and his good news of the kingdom. A few years ago, I did a significant study on the life of Mother Teresa I read her prayers, and I read her letters, I read her biographies, and I felt like I was sitting at her feet. She may be one of the most impactful Christian leaders of the 20th century. She won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979, and all because she followed Jesus, and on her own, with five rupees in her pocket, about a dollar, a U.S. dollar, she, she left the safety of 20 years of teaching as a nun in a school outside of Calcutta. And then she just entered into uh, the slums of that city and began caring for the poorest of the poor. She organized nursing care and provided prayer for people who were forgotten and left to rot and die alone in the gutters. Despite the obvious restrictions on women in the Catholic tradition, she influenced and led. The original order of nuns she started has spread to 120 orders all over the world. She did it because she learned, like Mary, that it that the good news of the kingdom is for women and begins to um, break open the closed system of patriarchy that has oppressed women for so long. The world is different because of the good news of the kingdom that was proclaimed by Jesus and embraced by women like Mother Teresa, like my Sunday school teacher, Donna Ball, like Eugene Peterson's mother, and Mary. And I'm sure there are countless women here at Knox who are also rising up to experience and to live into that good news for women the good news of the kingdom. And thanks be to God that women are still courageously stepping out like Mary and coming close to Jesus to be with him, to break through the barriers and to be the people God has called them to be. May we as Christ Church in this city, Toronto, Knox Presbyterian and Free Church and churches all around the city, may we continue to boldly proclaim and courageously live out this good news. Amen.
Let us continue to ponder the words that we have just heard today by reflecting on these questions. Who are the women in your life who have helped you to follow Jesus? Women you know in Christian community or maybe women you don't know, but you have learned from them by reading about them. What is one thing that you have learned from them? What is one thing you could do this week to draw closer to Jesus? In what ways can you communicate or model the good news of the kingdom for women? Let us reflect on these questions.